Welcome to Be More Super the Podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. On this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, if you've been watching YouTube, you need to get on this show. It's absolutely fantastic. It's called Wayward Guide for the Untrained Eye, and we've got one of the stars with us, Mary-Kate Wiles. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. Um, how are you? Um, I, I normally check in with the guests uh, yeah. before we get on uh, with the interview. Um, how is everything with you where you are? Is yeah. everything positive and, and rainbow well, for- butterflies? <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> I mean, you know, aside from the global pandemic, everything's pretty good. <laughs> Good, good. I'm, yeah, I'm so happy to have Wayward Guide finally coming out. We actually shot it three years ago. So it's been, you know, um, people have been anticipating it for a while. But now that, you know, obviously the pandemic has hit and that has been terrible. But now that nobody's really been able to make anything, it's nice to have the show that we did years ago to, to put out right now and to give you know, give our audience something to look forward to and something to watch each yeah. week. And, and me too. Like, it's been really nice for me to have something to get excited about. <laughs> and how crazy is that three years ago? So yeah. you must be really, really remembering all these questions you're being asked and trying to remember <laughs> back three years ago because I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's a challenge for sure. We actually, so there's a podcast component to the show and yes. we, we made that this past summer. So that feels a lot newer and fresher and of course like for that we had to kind of revisit the show and like we all watched it together to sort of get get it back into our brains um so yeah it's really interesting that it's been a long time coming and some parts are in the past and some parts are in the not so distant past (laughs) (laughs) so we're gonna go on to the show very shortly but i wanted to ask a few questions about you because it really intrigues me anyone okay. that wants to get into this business mm. of of acting um mm-hmm. because it's a tough profession it really really is what yes, got is. you into acting and what drives you every day man what a big question um <laughs> Well, I always, I grew up performing. I was in choirs and dance classes and was always doing that sort of thing as a kid. But it was really when I actually saw Lord of the Rings for the first time that I was just so transported by that movie by Fellowship of the Ring and um, just the idea of A, being able to like go on an adventure like that and be being able to be a part of something that makes somebody else feel the way that I felt watching that movie was just like so exciting and so you know went from there but you are completely right in that it is not an easy profession and I think any like one of my first days of acting class at USC one of my professors was like if there's anything else you want to do you should go do that because this is (laughs) so hard and of course when you're an acting student you're like yeah 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 I know but like I'm gonna be fine Um, which of course, like no matter what, I think even, you know, the most successful movie stars, there are certainly downsides to it and times that are, that are dry and times that are difficult to, to keep going. 
Um, so yeah, it's just been an ongoing uh, lesson. And I think the the difficulties about this career and like this industry are something that I personally have tried to be pretty candid about with my audience, because I think it's a little silly that like we society's kind of fabricated this idea of like all actors have this like glamorous life and that is so not true and same with like other artists you know musicians or whatever it may be like pursuing a creative field is definitely a difficult um thing to do so Mm. just try to be honest Mm. about that and how do you find auditioning because I've got to say, I've seen some call sheets, uh, some audition sort of call call sheets, and some mm-hmm. of the things they ask for for parts are mm-hmm. shocking. You know, the very, the very, uh, you know, there was uh, there was one for a commercial, and they wanted an Asian uh, mm. person, but they they didn't want the. Um, I forgot what they call it, where you haven't got any eye, eye, eye. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. And it was on Twitter. And, that. Mm-hmm. and yeah, that and is it's shocking. Wild. Yeah, it's pretty wild that like we're in 2020 and that's still happening. Mm. But same with, you know, being a woman and like, um, I've seen so many casting calls that are just very, whether it's like, uh, you know, must have a perfect body and looks like this and uh, classically beautiful must be, it's just like all about what uh, they want the actress to look like or like demanding that the actress be okay with nudity for like $50 mm. a day, which like, whatever, if somebody's okay with that, that's fine. I personally would hope <laughs> to get paid more than $50 a yeah. day to, to do yeah. an 18. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely wild that like we've come so far and so many ways and yet mm. this is still a problem in the industry mm. for sure but but do you enjoy auditioning or is that something that you wish you <laughs> could i mean do you enjoy auditioning in person or doing self-tapes which that's, which which one do you prefer that's so funny just literally like 30 minutes ago my my boyfriend my partner said to me he was like wow remember auditioning in person he believed <laughs> we would like drive all the way across town and like it takes up two hours of your day um which of course you know during the pandemic we have not been doing that we've been doing all taping from home there's good and bad sides to each to each option you know it is frustrating to drive all the way across town which in los angeles can take you an hour and um and then you get there and you wait for another half hour and then you go in and you're in the room for five minutes and you do it once. And then they go, great, thank you. And you're just like, I hope that was okay. Um, Whereas with doing a self tape at home, obviously like you have a lot more control and you can do it as many times as you want. And I think ultimately I prefer that, but it can be a, it can be like a, a double-edged sword because you can just kind of go crazy doing it over and over and over again, trying to make it perfect. And you have to know when to stop and go, you know what, it's, I'm just going to send this in. Like uh, it is what it is. But yeah, <laughs> auditioning is, it's tough, but you have to, you have to sort of learn not necessarily that you have to learn to love it, but you have to learn to be okay with it and find the joy in it because that is mm. truly what an actor's job is, is to audition. Mm. Like getting the part is the perk. Most of what yeah. we do is audition. So. And obviously resilience is, is, is definitely up there on yeah. uh, one, one of the qualities of being an, you know, an actor. Yeah. Um, how, how have you dealt with 
you know rejection because a lot of acting a lot of auditions is the rejection part of it you know how do you deal with that after you audition do you just forget about it and then if you get that call you get that call I think I think that is the trick is that you mostly have to just forget about it but yeah it takes time and it's still something that like it sucks because every time you get an audition especially if it's something something that cool something that you'd really like to do you just like you like fall in love with it a little bit and you start to imagine like ooh like what will my life look like if I get this and like oh my goodness this job pays really well I could buy you know, whatever it is I need to buy, or I could like pay off some of my credit card debt and you start to imagine what your life is going to be. And then of course, every time that you don't get it, that like, that you kind of have a little heartbreak of like this, this world that you envisioned for a half a second is not going to happen. But I think it's something you just get used to over time. And yeah, you just have to not think about it. it, it, Don't get me wrong, like it is incredibly frustrating. And especially when, I mean, I've had times in my career, even after like the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which was very popular and was won an Emmy. And like, I was getting interviewed by Entertainment Weekly and like all these cool things were happening and I still wasn't booking anything. And I was just auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and nothing was happening. And it's just hard after a while to not it's like impossible to not think well what's wrong with me like what am i doing wrong you know yeah um but it's something we all deal with and and all struggle with and i've found i think um you know focusing on like creating my own stuff or working with my own group shipwrecked and a lot of my friends do this as well like producing stuff on your own just so you have something else to focus on so that you're not constantly like hanging all your hopes and dreams on whatever audition you get that week it's really beneficial and are you originally from LA or did you move to LA I'm from Arkansas yeah so I moved to LA when I went to USC for college see I haven't got a clue where that is that's totally fine is is that like the middle (laughs) Or is that to in the middle? Left? It's technically part of the south, but okay. it is more in the middle. Of, it's like the northmost part of the south, um, and it's in the middle of the country. And it is not a very exciting state. Sorry, Arkansas, I love you. Um, <laughs> it's only about two million people, you know, in comparison to LA, which is like ten million people. Um, and what? And what was your first impressions of when you? went to LA because like I ask everyone, you know, people say the streets are paved with gold and you'll find your dream and you'll become Marilyn Monroe before you know it. I mean, realistically, yeah. I, well, I had a friend, I had a friend that went to LA and he said that he was, he, he was scared stiff the majority of the time uh, drive, driving around LA. You yeah, know, what, what was your scary. first impression of Well, LA? I, I first visited when I was looking at colleges when I was in uh, when I was a teenager in high school and I I don't know I just was so idealistic and had this huge dream built up about LA in my brain and I just knew that that's where I wanted to be and I nothing could change that I still feel that way I mean I've lived here for a few years now and (laughs) you know obviously there are things about it that are terrible and the traffic is awful and you know there are things about any place that are not great but it's still my favorite city and I think um I think there's a lot of cool things about LA. I personally like that I I'll never get bored. 
there's so much culture, there's so many places to go eat, there's so much to do, there's so much to see. And so many people that live here are from other places. And so it's just this wonderful sort of like bunch of people who have come out here trying to pursue what they love and what they want to do. And yes, I I think LA gets a bad rap about like, you know, everybody being self-centered. And like, there are people like that. There are people like that anywhere. But Mm. In my experience, I've just managed to find and be friends with some wonderful, creative, kind, you know, enthusiastic people who are out here doing the same thing that I'm doing. Mm. And I love that. Good, good. I mean, if you had your dream role offered to you in L.A., what would that be? I don't know. I don't know what my dream role is. That's such a great question that I feel like I never have a good answer for. I will say I have been so lucky in that even though, you know, I've just gotten to play a lot of different types of roles in my career. And um, I, I feel like so lucky that I've gotten to, to, I haven't, in any way feel like I've been stuck in a box of like only playing the same type of thing. Um, ultimately I would love to, you know, of course I would love to like book a lead on a TV show or something because as you get older, you find that you care less about like, Oh, I, I have dreams of winning an Oscar. Like, sure. I'd love to win an Oscar, but you go, Oh, I would love to get a steady job. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to get a job that would like be there all like every day for months and months. That would be really nice. And how would you measure success? Because Mm. you mentioned Oscar, would you Mm -hmm. measure your success through awards or, or other things? That's, again, like such a great question that I think, I think like the rejection question in terms of measuring success, you have to, you have to sort of realign yourself as, as things change. And as like, I mean, my career looks completely different than I ever could have imagined. I didn't know what vlogging was before I got Lizzie Bennett (laughs) diaries. I didn't know that people made series on the internet. Um, And so like, so I couldn't have imagined this version of a successful career because I just didn't even like know of it. Um, But yeah, I think that's something that changes to me right now. Like uh, success feels like, like I said, a steady paycheck and maybe the ability to like, you know, buy a home and like, which in LA is kind of wild. They're so expensive. Um, You know, and would you you stay in LA? And would you yeah, stay I think in LA? So. Yeah? yeah. This is something my partner and I talk about a bit. Yeah, we really love it here. And he's also a writer. Yeah. Um, we're both actors. Um, obviously, there are other places in the world that one can do those things, but at least for now. Also, the weather is just, it's hard to beat. It's pretty good. Yeah, but you get earthquakes and you we get do. and you we get do. forest fires and it just seems that such a scary true. place. <laughs> we don't <laughs> get anything not... like that in England, literally. <laughs> All we get is gales up to sixty miles per hour and that is it. Literally, <laughs> that is when everything stops. But yet you get all this like post-apocalyptic sort of things going on and it just amazes me it really does but yeah the weather the weather does look amazing and uh, those houses on those hills look absolutely beautiful so well they cost gazillions of dollars so (laughs) i will say 
<laughs> I will say I do love London. We actually were in London at the beginning of this year, and I studied abroad there when I was in college. And I, mm-hmm. that is a place that I could maybe be persuaded to live someday. But again, it's very expensive. So You see, mm-hmm. me, I would live in America. Because really? <laughs> uh, I've been to Texas, I've been all over the East East Coast, absolutely love it. And mm-hmm. I just think the culture out there and, and going to non-touristy places is the mm-hmm. key. Because mm-hmm. then you get to feel the real, uh, yeah. you know, the real envi- environment. But let's absolutely. talk about Wayward Guide for the Untrained Eye. Yeah. Um, I have discovered this show and I think it's awesome. I really, really do. If you can give us a rundown of what the show is about, if you can remember from three years ago, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and who you play. Yeah, so Wayward Guide for the Untrained Eye is a new series from my friends, the Tin Can Brothers, and it's about uh, twin podcasting journalists, Artemis and Paul Shoehorn. I play Artemis, and they go to the small town of Connor Creek to investigate some weird political happenings with the local mining corporation, but they end up getting more than they bargained for when they uncover a secret race of werewolves. That's what the show's about. And you know what? It is fantastic. And I've got to say the great thing about the U- the YouTube web series is that the episodes are quite short, mm-hmm. but they're full, fully packed. They really mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. it's such a funny show. It really, <laughs> really is. Thank um, you. you know, as English people, we do get humour. <laughs> 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 and um but yeah so so you had a premiere for it mm-hmm. a drive-in which is awesome because yeah. again that's another american uh past, yeah. pastime uh, uh-huh. which we're starting to uh adopt over in the uk uh, yeah. how 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 did that go you know having a drive-in premiere it was fun. I mean, you know, drive-ins are kind of this like antiquated, like fun retro-y sort of thing that people don't really usually do. But now obviously during the pandemic, they've kind of had a resurgence. And I'm really glad that they put that together for us in terms of a premiere, because of course, like there's been so much this year that that we haven't been able to do. And, and it would be a shame to have made this show and have so many people worked on it for for years now and like not be able to properly celebrate it um but we did we we had a little drive-in premiere and a lot of people came out and you know it was it was hard to like have the same sort of social experience that one would normally have but it was still really lovely to to have something to celebrate and it was fun we had a good time and what attracted you to the part of artemis Well, I will say nothing in that I I didn't need to be attracted. I said said yes from go. (laughs) Whenever I think I'm a part of a community of of creatives here in L.A. who are constantly making things. And um, I'd worked with the Tin Can Brothers back in 2016 on a stage show, actually, called Spizer Forever. Um, It's a musical. And that was one of my favorite experiences I've had in the last few years. It was such a great time. And I I was super honored that they asked me to be in that in the first place. So, I mean, you know, the fact that they were doing another big series and and wanted me to be in it was not even a question. Of course, I wanted to. And I was just so honored and flattered that they wanted me to to be their lead heroine. Um, So, yeah, I, I didn't even need much more convincing than that. And how much of the character is Artemis and how much of the character is you? <laughs> That's a good question. I, in the past few years, have had a lot of fun playing characters that are 
very stylized, like either have, you know, a very, an accent or a very distinct way of speaking or moving or are part of like a very stylized world. Like I did a film noir a couple years ago. So playing Artemis was the first time in a while that I was playing a character that didn't necessarily have all of that. Um, She's just a normal person. And yes, a stylized story about werewolves, but like there's nothing about her that, you know, she's just kind of your main character. And so it, it kind of was weird for me and I, I had to learn to trust myself to to not have all this other stuff to hide behind and just, you know, she generally has my same voice and my same mannerisms, but she is different and similar to me. She's very type A. She's a go-getter, which I can absolutely (laughs) relate to, but she's a little, she's a little harsher and bolder than I probably am in my normal life. Um, But I also have such a great time in the show. As you know, if you know, you've seen that I spend so much of the show just looking at all the other characters and kind of furrowing my brow at them because they're all so bananas and silly. (laughs) So I just get to react, which is great. And it looks so much fun to to yeah. make. And yeah. your co-star um, who plays Paul, mm-hmm. can I just ask, is he related to Josh Gad? Because <laughs> there's something about him that reminds me of Josh Gad. As I don't know far as I know, he, is. he isn't. <laughs> but maybe. Maybe so, they're secret twins. He definitely so has a Josh Gad yeah. vibe. Yeah, th- he definitely does. Yeah. I mean, is there any gossip that you can tell me about behind the scenes of filming? <laughs> any funny stories that went on? Man, well, like I said, like this was uh, truly like such a, a group of people who already were friends and, and mainly knew each other. I didn't hadn't worked with everybody before, but a lot of them I had worked with. So it was just such a fun environment to be able to be on set. Um, And I've said this a lot in terms of talking about the show. I think in a lot of ways, like you do better work when you're comfortable and when you are working with your friends, because there's just such a freedom there to play around and be silly. Um, But Steve is especially he's so silly he's such a funny dude and he's so great he's so positive man it was real cold when we were filming and i'm sure i complained quite a lot and he i don't think i ever heard him complain once he's just such a a sweet person and makes every day on set fun he was constantly doing like instagram stories and pulling everybody else into them being so silly and it's great (laughs) <laughs> and he's got a big beard so i've never heard he anyone with a big beard complain about being cold to be fair <laughs> that's true that must be, it. That must be why <laughs> yeah um, so wh- why 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 do you think this was made for youtube and not a a a, a channel over in 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 the states well, they did try, and that's part of why it took three years for it to come out, is that they spent a lot of time after they filmed it sort of meeting with different companies and trying to get it picked up by some other digital platform mm. um, or you know Netflix or what have you. Um, and I think that's been a really interesting, just the digital world is evolving so much these last few years and continuing to evolve. Um, but I will say, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I've been a part of quite a few independent YouTube productions at this point. Um, like Quibi, uh, like all these other Go90, all these other platforms that have kind of started and failed. Hmm. I think they need to do 
I think they need to pay more attention to the things on YouTube that have been successful and sort of take a cue from those things a little more. I find that um, all these companies are just going like, oh, well, we can do digital too, which sure, but like I wish they would hire more creators that have, rather than like film creators who are, don't get me wrong, great at what they do, but film is a completely different medium. And there are so many creators who have been making series on YouTube. I mean, I did the Lizzie Bennett Diaries eight years ago in 2012, and it's got millions wow. and millions and millions of views. You know, hire some of these creators who have experience in this particular medium. And anyway, that didn't really answer your question. But Tin Can, you know, is has been making things for YouTube, just in the same way that I have a group, Shipwrecked Comedy. Like right now, we, we've been making things for YouTube for the past few years as well. I think ultimately the goal is to eventually move beyond YouTube. But you can't you can't find a better place in terms of engagement and an active community than than there. And that's what I was going to ask next was about shipwrecked. Yeah, Com yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's some familiar faces from that in. Yes, I'm 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 I'm, I'm alright in way way yes. wayward guide. Yes. Yeah, so like the that. vibe I'm getting from shipwrecked is very much Saturday Night Live. You know, oh, really? you've got a group, a group of, 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 of great actors coming, mm -hmm. coming together and, and, and mm -hmm. you're obviously doing other things and doing sketches and mm -hmm. doing shows. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think it's fantastic because it's like Thank up and coming you. stars that potentially you could be the Chevy Chasers and the Dan Aykroyds <laughs> and, 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 you know, looking back, which Thank is fantastic. You. But what is the group all about? And what, Shipwrecked? What, yeah, yeah. what do you do? So we do historical literary comedy content for the internet, which is pretty niche. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was started by, I call her my sister-in-law. We're not, Sean and I aren't married, but we basically are. We've been together for almost seven years. Uh, starting by my, my partner, Sean, and his sister, Sinead, back in 2013. And they are from Salem, Massachusetts, or near Salem. Um, so they've kind of grown up with a love for, for spooky things, and she loves Edgar Allan Poe, and he has kind of become our flagship character, although we do a lot of other things as well. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we brought Joey Richter, who's one of the Tin Can Brothers on, to play Ernest Hemingway in our uh, project, Poe Party, four years ago, as well as Lauren Lopez, who's also kind of from that Star Kid group. And um, through that, we've just all become great friends, and Sean and Sinead are both in Wayward Guide. Um, we just, I, I am constantly astounded by how talented the people around me are. And I personally can't understand why we're not all super famous. <laughs> I think that we're all so, so good. And we love to, to hire each other in, in each other's projects and also write parts for each other that are, that are great and fun and play to each other's strengths and, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we do at Shipwrecked. We're, we're currently work. We had plans to do a big series this year, but obviously that got uh, derailed. So we're we're continuing to work on it and hoping to do that next year. Oh, and the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Um, yeah. You you did that what eight years ago? Did you say? <laughs> so yeah. so so for anyone that hasn't seen this, what is the whole channel about and the episodes about? Yeah, great question. So the Lizzie Bennett Diaries is a vlog adaptation of Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. And it was, at the time, extremely innovative and groundbreaking in that it was the first time sort of a classic novel had been told in this way. And after it, a lot of other um, 
A lot of other creators were inspired to play with this medium. In fact, Shipwrecked did their own vlog where Edgar Allan Poe has a vlog called A Telltale Vlog, and that was what first drew me to them. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really interesting experience. I got to play Lydia Bennett, who is somebody I never thought I would ever be the right choice to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, the show went on for a full year. There are 100 episodes. It's actually the longest recorded adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. Even though, though all the episodes are five minutes long, there are so many of them that it's altogether over eight hours long. Um, wow. And um, yeah, it was a joy. It was such an amazing thing to be a part of. And it's completely shaped my life and my career since then. That is awesome. And no lentil soup inside because i have seen that sketch with the lentil suit with the pride and prejudice book um <laughs> i'm so embarrassed uh yeah speaking of shipwrecked and tin can brothers that's what we did that together this is how much of friends we are and we like to work together we we did a dueling sketches last year for buffer festival which is a a YouTube sort of film festival that happens in Canada that we've gone to the last few years. And it is, uh, it's unlike our normal fair. That is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then school of thrones, which yeah. I think is absolutely awesome. And, and do you know what? My wife was con convinced the person that played Littlefinger was the real guy. He looks just like him. And I, I, I was saying to my wife, it's not in, honestly, it looks, <laughs> looks like him. It sounds like him. Yeah. Um, but like how, how, how cool was that to, to film? Because yeah. I think what, what, what you did there was awesome, you know, Thank to, you. to change it, it up so and, and put it in a school environment. Yeah. I feel bad. Cause I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not the biggest Game of Thrones fan. I don't have anything against it. I just never really got into it, which is weird because I love Lord of the Rings. But, um, but yeah, it was really fun to do. And I just kept having to check with other people. Be like, wait, now tell me who this character is. Like, what is the, what, what's the like the parallel here? But that's actually where I first met Joey Richter, who is one of the writer creators of Wayward Guide, was on School of Thrones. And that has been such a knowing him. I mean, he's one of my best friends and we've worked together so many times now. So I am so thankful to that project for, for bringing us together. And yeah, it was a blast. It was very silly again. That was and you play Sansa. In, I do. Yeah. Yes. Just to clar clarify that. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, looking back at your career so, so far and going forwards, what would you like to change? If you could change one thing about the industry, what mm. would it be? Oh, man. Um, it's kind of, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of what I said or hinted at earlier. I don't know. I don't know how to explain this so much, but it's just very frustrating to see, to be a part of so many wonderfully talented creators um, from my partner, Sean, who I think is the best writer I've ever worked with but I'm biased, um, <laughs> you know, to all these actors that I think that we like to hire in shipwrecked projects. And they're so, so talented. Um, I know so many wonderful writers and creators, and we all also have online followings. Like we have mm -hmm. tens of thousands, if not some of us, hundreds of thousands of people following us and watching what we do. And it is unbelievably frustrating to me that 
traditional Hollywood does not care or get it or understand. I have never walked into a casting office and they go, oh, Lizzie Bennet Diaries, not once. Mm. And so um, I don't know how we fix that. I don't know what that is. I don't know why networks aren't going, huh, like this isn't working. How do we get more eyeballs? Freaking look online, man. I mean, mm. in some ways, you know, obviously there are, I think some TikTok star just got cast in a, in some big movie, but that's a bit different. You know what I mean? There are actors who have made their careers doing good narrative work on in the digital sphere. And again, also great writers who have sharpened their skills in this arena. And I just wish that traditional media would, would sort of, I don't know if it's just that they go, well, that's not really, that doesn't matter. Like it's online. I wish they would, they would really pay more attention to sort of this crop of, of talent. Mm. And it's very similar to like the mu music industry because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of artists now are cutting out the big people above and going in, in independent, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Releasing mm -hmm. it themselves. So it's a bit mm -hmm. like uh, mm -hmm. the Tin Can Brothers, you know, with putting it onto you, you, YouTube yeah. themselves. So they're by, yeah. bypassing. But again, it's all about yeah. money. It's all about funding. Yeah. It's all about, yeah. you know, putting that in to create these amazing, you know, shows. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing, like we need, we being sort of these independent um, content creators for, for digital spaces, like we have had a lot of success with kickstarting and crowdfunding, Wayward Guide was kickstarted, um, and we all like have audiences that will pay money to help us make what we want to make, but there's a limit to what we can achieve in that way, unless we become just like I don't know, Smosh famous, like Shipwrecked has a lot of pitches for shows that we want to do that would cost millions of dollars and we can't raise millions of dollars mm. on YouTube uh, or on Kickstarter. So there's sort of like a, a cap to what we can do at this point. Um, so I, I hope that, like I was saying, like networks who do have all this money will sort of realize like, ooh, I can give these internet or these independent creators a fraction of one million dollars which to them is like nothing we could mm -hmm. make so many shows with that and the fact that we have proven that we have thousands of people who will pay five bucks or ten bucks or twenty bucks to see what we're making like those mm -hmm. people are going to follow us there um so yeah i don't know that's my dream i hope that that can start to happen <laughs> and they just need to listen they just need to yeah. open their eyes and see um yeah. because yeah. they're renewing so many shows that i just mm -hmm. think shouldn't get renewed and mm -hmm. then they're not renewing shows that should get renewed and it's just yeah. it's just i well it's just a big round table isn't it with pe people in big leather chairs making the decisions yes and it is. looking at the audience um so we you, you talked earlier on about coming over to london um yes. i'm i'm from nottingham so it's okay. where Ro robin hood's from that's yeah. the best 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 way to describe it <laughs> so you know what i thought i'll play a quick game before we okay. end the interview so i'm gonna um we've got some regional sayings okay and i want to see if if oh you have a clue of what they are some are regional oh sayings some are items okay. so mary kate if yep. you went out and you got a chip butty what would it be? A chip butty? butty. Butty. I have no idea. Well, chip is like a fry. Okay. Right? Yeah. Am I on the right track? Yeah. You're halfway oh. there. 
Oh, I don't know. So it's a chip cob, you know, a bread roll uh-huh. um, with chips in it and uh, it's got butter inside. Uh, yeah, oh. chip cob, chip cob. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> if I said, Mary Kate, you're being Mardi, what would I be assuming? Um, mischievous? No. No. <laughs> No, it means that you're having a little tantrum. You know, you're being oh, a bit of a diva. You're being mardy. See, see we say that. that in Nottingham. Um, okay. If I said it's dark over Bill's mother's, what would I be referring to? Bill's mother's. It's dark over Bill's mother's. Who's Bill? Oh. <laughs> these are great because uh, it basically means it's 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 there's a storm coming oh okay sure so sure, we're not sure, actually sure. referring to bill it's just a saying <laughs> this is how unique we are in the uk you know and if i said a up ready a up my duck what a up my duck this is what we say in nottingham a up my duck what would i be like, meaning hey dude <laughs> Yeah, yes, yes, yeah? yes. Yeah, we're not dude, but yes, it's a greeting. Yeah, do you got one? Wonderful. Yes. And the last one, if I said, uh, you're looking a bit nesh. Nesh. Nesh, what would I refer to? What, like what, what am I meaning? Tired? Or like, mm, no. Close. It's like, mm, Nesh. I don't know. It means that you're looking a bit cold, a bit like sort, sort of vulnerable. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> Yes. So, wow. so that is. See, you've learned a few sayings from us in the UK, and especially Nottingham, because I sure have. you know, if you go to London, you get all the Cockney slang, like up the apple right. and stairs, and the dog and bone, and all those unique sayings. I don't even know those. Wow, you what? guys. Yes. Well, you know what? We like like to go round the houses when talking. Um, so, <laughs> so. Um, is there anything else in the pipeline? Because obviously for you with, with, with COVID, uh, we're seeing a lot of people being creative. This yeah. is a time when those dreams are happening, those ideas yeah. are blossoming and yeah. we're going to get these amazing things happen once this COVID does one. Um, yeah. What have you got planned in the future that we can yeah. get excited about? Well, um, I myself have been putting out, I've, I produce um sort of a radio play of Anne of Green Gables, which I've been putting out as a podcast since this earlier this summer. And I do that through my Patreon. I'm actually on the third book in the series uh, for my Patreon patrons, but I just started releasing the first book. And I, I just read the book and I play Anne and I have different actors come in to read the different characters and I add sound effects and music. And that's been a really fun thing to, to be able to do. And it's something I started before the pandemic and it's, it's been something that has been pandemic proof, which has been great um, <laughs> because it's much easier to create audio content when, you know, separately <laughs> than it is video Definitely. content. <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, like I mentioned before, Shipwrecked, um, we've been planning on and working on our biggest project since Poe Party. It will be like Wayward Guide, a, a multi-episode series, and we are planning on crowdfunding that early next year if all continues to go as planned. Um, and hopefully, you know, if, if things are better 
be able to shoot that next year as well. We were hoping to do that this year, but that got put on hold. But it's very fun, and I'm very, very excited about it. That sounds awesome. And I will make sure I put all the links uh, to this YouTube video, to everything. But how can people follow you? Um, not like in person, but on social media, because that would be just weird. And obviously, we won't have much two luck, meters I'm distance. Just... <laughs> I'm just inside all the time. Oh. Uh, um, you can follow me at MK Wiles on Twitter, Instagram. Find me there. <laughs> Mary Kate, you've been a great guest and Wayward Guide for the Untrained Eye on YouTube at the moment and lots of other things. Um, yeah. And for me, I'm a newbie to YouTube on, you know, these web se series and it's fantastic and it's just Thank easy you. to get to. Thank but Mary Kate, Look after yourself, stay safe, um, okay. and I look forward to everything that you do in the future. Uh, thank you so thank much. You. Thanks for having me. This has been great. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. In my world, it means hope.